0: My name is Max Thornberry. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Today, the three biggest news stories from February 10th through the 17th. Our lead story, UO President Michael Schill puts a hold on the proposed time place manner policy concerning student protests on campus. Then, we talk to students in Bean Hall before the dorm undergoes a remodel this summer. And finally, why are ads for the University of Oregon popping up on Breitbart? All of this on today's Daily Emerald News Recap. Only on the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emerson Malone. I'm a podcast editor with The Daily Emerald. I'm Frankie Lewis. I'm an arts and culture writer
0: with The Emerald. And I'm Max Thornberry, an associate news editor at The Daily Emerald. (laughs)
1: That's the sound of students protesting from election night 2016, a spontaneous demonstration That may be considered a violation of university policy if new rules concerning protest regulation are approved by the Faculty Senate. On Monday of this week, the Emerald ran a news story about the proposed policy, the so-called time, place, and manner, and protection of free speech policy, which will concern where, when, and how students protest. Emma Henderson wrote this story, but we have Max Thornberry. Max, Was this policy a direct response from the rallies and demonstrations that we've seen since election night? This
0: policy was proposed right around the times of these protests. Uh, So it's likely that these protests were on the minds of administrators proposing the policy. But because of the close proximity, it was clear that it was drafted earlier than that. Most likely, this idea came up last spring when Divest UO had a banner out in front of Johnson Hall trying to urge administration uh, and the Board of Trustees to divest from fossil fuels. There is some language in the time, place, manner policy that clearly points to that protest. While it was probably spurred along by the protests following President Trump's inauguration, uh, it is doubtful that that is when they decided to pitch this
1: idea. Right. I remember the Divest campaign went along for a while and then it was pretty controversial when the administration chose to take down the signs that were just planted in the in front of Johnson Hall. And those signs just being planted are what gave them gave administrators the
0: ability to take the signs down is that uh, the students with Divest UO had left the signs unattended leaning against uh, the, the front of Johnson Hall. And there is language in this proposed policy that expressly prohibits that. You can't leave banners, signs, anything unattended. It it looks like that is probably when this idea came about for President Schill and administrators.
1: Okay, and then on Tuesday, February 14th, earlier this week, President Schill said to the Faculty Senate that this proposed policy is going to be put on hold. So what does that mean for the future of the policy?
0: We don't know what it means for the future of this policy specifically. Uh, President Schill still says that there is a need for a policy in disagreement with faculty president uh, Bill Harbaugh, who told the Emerald that the university has operated without any kind of singular protest policy for years, and there haven't been any problems. But President Schill still believes that there is a need for a policy, but that it needs to be reworked, reframed, and so we will probably see this discussion come up again in a few months, maybe maybe a year.
1: Thank you, Max. Frankie, let's turn to you. On Thursday this week, the Emerald published a story about Bean Hall, a dorm with probably the most lousy reputation. It's one of the oldest dorms on the U of O campus, and it'll have an upcoming renovation starting summer 2017. I never lived in the dorms. Did you guys live in dorms? I never lived in the dorms. I did. I lived in GSH. Oh, okay, tight. All I ever hear about Bean is that it was allegedly designed by an architect who yeah. did prisons. Mm-hmm. Is that true? It's actually not, and it's a pretty common rumor. Um,
2: it's one of those rumors that has spanned uh, in entire like generations of students. Um, it was actually designed by uh, DeNorval Unthank, who is a very influential uh, figure in Pacific uh, Northwest architecture. Um, he designed many prominent public buildings in Eugene and there's even a memorial in Lawrence Hall and a scholarship in his name uh, because he was actually associate professor for a period of time at the university Um, and he was also another note is he was African-American which for his profession at the time was very rare and especially the Pacific Northwest was rare so he took a great deal criticism and was very active in his community
1: but he didn't design prisons he did not design prisons. (laughs) But is it true that Bean Hall was designed after an existing prison?
2: No, it is not designed. Is no association with prisons besides it looks like one.
1: <laughs> then, how, Okay, is that how it got the reputation?
2: Yes, exactly. So if you look at Bean, there's this huge concrete wall that surrounds it, or at least the north and south ends of it. It's this huge retaining wall, and that's, I think, what really gets it the prison feel.
1: That and the watchtowers with the snipers. <laughs> Th-
2: those two, yeah. I wasn't allowed to mention that in the article.
1: So what's the history of the building? When was it built? Um, It was built
2: in 1963, and actually it's old, certainly, but not the oldest.
1: One thing in the story you mentioned is that Bean Hall, this renovation, will be the first major remodel of any on-campus dorm that was constructed in the 1960s. Yes, that's basically referring to the family of Bean, Hamilton,
2: and Walton. Um, And this is the first major renovation of any of those three there's basically this gap in time between the university buying barnhart hall in 1974 which used to be the university inn and used to be a hotel used to be a hotel another thing i learned
1: from this story
2: (laughs) and there's this huge gap until 2006 when the living learning center is built and then in 2014 global scholars hall is built literally across the street from bean there's this huge gap in time where there's no uh renovation or any kind of major construction done On these 1960 era dorms so you could definitely argue that the dorms are due for renovation
1: okay so when this bean hall remodel starts this summer two things what's the time frame for this construction and what happens to all the freshmen who live in there when it's undergoing a remodel good question the construction is going to actually start with
2: bean west and the old university catering kitchen space that's now moved off campus, that's gonna start starting this summer. Once that's finished at the start of next school year, Bean East is going to is going to close and that will go under construction while Bean West and that common area space, which used to be catering kitchen, will now be in use and have students in it. Um, by the 2019-2020 school year, the entire complex will be
1: complete. And I imagine it costs a pretty penny it
2: certainly does. Um, estimates right now are about 30 to 40 million, and students will be partially on the hook for that. Great. Just what we want to hear as tuitions are going up, right? I'm, I'm going to have to interject here. Okay, yes. Because yeah. cause I wrote about tuition hikes
0: uh-huh. last week and in state students seeing a 10.6%, out of state students seeing a 3% increase, the same dollar value across the board.
2: But is this really what the university needs to be spending money on? Right now, and what's interesting too, you could definitely make that argument, and what's interesting too is people kind of like being for what it is in a way um, I think that's the main gist that I tried to argue in the piece is that for all its um, misfortunes as a as a structure, it really creates a strong sense of community
1: right yeah, that was that was a really endearing part of the story is mm-hmm. you know architecturally it's kind of a drag, but these people form really tight bonds and friendships mm. in there.
2: And it's important to note too, I think this might have got cut from the article, they are actually keeping the uh, dorm rooms the same size. They're not increasing <laughs> those. So they're keeping that part at least. But it's going to, I personally think it's going to be unrecognizable by the time. If you look at the renderings which are in the article, if you hear what their, the mindset and the plan that they have for this, it's they're adding faculty apartments, they're adding uh classrooms even which is pretty rare for within a the room. same co- yes. complex yeah so it'll be pretty rare and um certainly an upgrade in terms of facilities but we'll see how the community is impacted by that
1: yeah i'm glad to hear the rooms are staying the same size so that the reputation of being designed by a prison architect remains hopefully yes
2: <laughs> although that probably will end after this year
1: all right thank you frankie Our last story today, Emerald News reporter Drake Hills published a story on February 15th that advertisements for the University of Oregon are popping up on Breitbart.com. For those who don't know, Breitbart is the alt-right news site formerly operated by President Trump's chief strategist, Steve Bannon. And it's the news organization where Milo Yiannopoulos serves as senior editor. Max, what's going on? So
0: what's happening here? is ads for a master's program at the university of oregon are appearing on breitbart.com specifically on a story that says that there should be a cap on the number of women studying math and science effectively keeping them out of stem careers
1: how did these ufo ads end up on the breitbart page why is this happening It
0: doesn't seem that anyone is exactly sure of how this happened. But what we do know is that there is an algorithm of some sort that determines where ads show up on the internet. So the University of Oregon creates an ad for this master's program, and then it is released into the internet universe. An algorithm will more or less randomly assign that ad to show up on a website. So it's not directly in the university's control where the ad shows up, But there are steps that they can take and that they have said that they are taking in order to prevent the algorithm from shooting their ads off to pages such as Breitbart.com.
1: Right. So UFO said this was a third-party algorithm issue. Do we know if these ads are still on Breitbart right now?
0: When I was checking this story out the other day, I went to Breitbart. I went to this story, and I did not see our ads on the page, but again, an algorithm we're not sure exactly how it works or how often the ads show up or how often the ads are are shot out so we we don't know for sure whether the ads are still showing up
1: so this is the this is the folly of an ad agency right whose fault is this what's the moral here what can we learn what's the takeaway does anything make sense anymore <laughs>
0: i don't know if we can point a single finger of blame at anyone, but alumni are are holding the university accountable for this, and they are, are very insistent that the university should have been aware of where their ads are showing up, and they should have done more to prevent this. Uh, so we will see how the university responds, and how quickly they respond, and how much
2: control they actually have o- over this algorithm. Just playing devil's advocate here, do you think we'd be having this conversation if the ads popped up on an Occupy Democrats type of website or a more left-leaning website.
0: You know, I'm I'm not totally sure. I don't know if we would be having this conversation, but I do think that more than the site that the ads are appearing on, on is the story specifically. I think that's what really has alumni up in arms is that this story is saying that women shouldn't be going into these high-profile careers, these STEM careers that are very much the the driving force behind education right now so i think that if a a more left-leaning even an extreme left-leaning site was running a story that was running directly counter to values that the university of oregon says that
1: they hold i think that we would be seeing a, a similar reaction ironic pretty crazy timing too considering the night campus expansion for science Thank you, Max. That is all we have time for today. My name is Emerson Malone. I'm Max Thornberry. I'm Frankie Lewis. And if you want to hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, or you can listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening.